Welcome to another installment of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. The website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the Florida Panhandle, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who just released an album on October 2nd. She had also released an album early last year and put out an EP in 2016. She has gotten airplay on Sirius XM and has performed at notable venues and events around the country, from Las Vegas to the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, songwriters festivals, and more. She is also the founder and president of the not-for-profit organization Bands of 30A. You've been hearing a song of hers called Riverside. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Casey Kearney. Hey, Bruce. Hey, everybody. Hi, Casey. Thank you for making time for this. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Sure thing. Let's start off, as we do every week, with having you talk about the song that was playing during the intro, which in this case was your song called Riverside. Yes, Riverside. It was a single I released right before um, the whole album came out. And it's actually one of the very first songs I've ever written. And when I started writing it early on. And um, it's, I guess it ended up being timeless because it's one of the few songs that I still play today, you know, this many years later. And it's just people relate to it. I think it just feels good. It has that, like, you know, just laid back vibe. I think it just feels good. So people have really liked it. And plus, it's just that whole country life date night thing, which my life very much relates to so but see i see the word riverside and i think of cities that are called riverside like riverside california so is it about a place or is it about the side of a river you know it's because we'll take i mean even on my 19th anniversary my husband he set us up dinner with a little grill down by the river and we took a trail ride down to the river and that was date night it wasn't at a restaurant it wasn't at you know, some fancy place. Our date night was just down there by the river. So no, it's not. It's definitely not about a town. It's very much just country life where you just want to get away from everything. So you just go escape to that riverside. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, listeners, when I was putting this interview together, I found myself having to take out some other highlights that I was going to include in the intro, but <laughs> I thought it was getting too lengthy. Casey has done a lot that she and I could talk about. That said, I do always have to be mindful about the running time of these episodes. Fortunately, though, there's the extra audio that I publish every week exclusively for the Patreon supporters. There is bonus content up there right now from the last 42 episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. Now, if that sounds overwhelming to you, especially because a lot of these bonus audio files end up being 15 or 20 minutes long, or if you're just flat out not into bonus content, remember that joining the Patreon for NHTE is also your way of telling me that you like, appreciate, and benefit from what I do every week, whether that's educational value, learning from me and my guests, or entertainment value. You just flat out really enjoy and want to show your support for the show. 
go to my show website, nhte.net, and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to get signed up. You can also head directly to patreon.com slash nhte. That's ad-free, by the way. All the bonus audio up there is ad-free. Your $5 a month also helps me with all the expenses I have related to doing this show every week. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your consideration in signing up for that. Casey, congratulations on the new album. Obviously, we heard one of the songs from it at the beginning of this episode, and we will be playing another one at the end. But right now, just tell the audience all about this project, the number of songs, where you recorded it, who you worked with on it, those types of details. Um, I really am so proud of this album just because we it took a whole lot to actually get it here and just so many bumps in the road that we had. Um, you know, just being able to make it. And then finally, even the release of it, it should have released in the springtime. That's when we were hoping to. And then um, the shutdown with COVID and it got delayed. So um, that was hard. There's 11 songs on it, though, and they're all original. So this is my first full length original um, album. And I, my producer was Doug Cahan. I went to Nashville and we did pre-production with him. And he co-wrote a couple of um, the songs on there with me. And um, we went into the studio and the musicians were amazing. It was um, some of them have played with Tim McGraw and Reba and all these big, huge artists. And they tell the stories and they talk about them like they're just, you know, regular. So it's me who is just, you know, I just thought it was awesome to hear their stories and to hear their things about how when they're on tour. And he's like, oh, yeah, when me and Tim were working out, I'm like, that's Tim McGraw you're talking about. You know, <laughs> so I was a little star. I was a little starstruck. Um, with some of them but um this is the I've, I've been able to work with quite a few of them at this point and every time it still gets me i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe that last week they were with reba today they're with me so it's really it's a cool experience now when you say that doug co-wrote some of the songs with you on the ones that he did not co-write with you on does that mean that you wrote those yourself or that you co-wrote with other people Yes, sir. I wrote the other ones myself. So usually what happens in our writing process is I'll write here. Um, and then when I go up there, then we're looking at it and there's things I'll know that we want to tweak, but I need that co-writer, that second look on there, you know? And so then that's what he's able to do. And he's like, Hey, let's, what about, what if we try this? And what if we try that? And I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, that kind of thing. So most of the songs, um, I'll write them all the way and then he comes on as a co-writer to tweak and make them better um, there's a few songs that me and him they'll just come out of our conversations that it'll just start you know I mean we'll just be talking and be like hey let's write that let's do that you know in our in our sessions that we when we're together so now the album is called more to the story is there a theme that runs throughout the album or is it no that's just one of the songs and so I named the album after that particular song I really, I feel like it's both so more to the story, the actual song of it, the, the the little hook there is there's always more to the story. And because so many of the songs on the album are story type songs and they tell a story, there's part of someone's life, either it's my life or it's a friend's life or family life or just something I made up. But either way, it's a story. And I feel like there's always more to the story. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's that, that is the song that's the line that's in the song. It's on there, but I feel like it, it, it encompassed the whole album being such a story kind of album. So clarify for me when you say that the pandemic set back the release of it, because when was this all recorded 
and then what held it from getting released? I know you said you went to Nashville, but yes. um, I'm just trying to draw a bridge between you getting it recorded and then somebody sitting there and taking care of it for you, even if they are, quote-unquote, stuck in quarantine. Well, so I recorded it in the studio in February, and so um, we did the we did all the music and the things with all the studio musicians, and then I did my vocals. So he had like the bulk of it. Well, when the shutdown, I was right there at the end of February when it was still just really a kind of unknown of what was happening. Well, he had several things that needed to happen with background vocals and other musicians that were going to fill in for this and uh, fill in for that. And, okay. um, and my producer, Doug, he does a lot of things. And so he was able to do everything that he could do in quarantine, but he couldn't bring in those other musicians to put in the finishing touches on some of the songs that we I needed. See. And he couldn't bring in the background vocals. So when it shut down, so he, that delayed him actually being able to finish it. So the plan was by the end of March, which would have totally happened. Um, but again, everything was shut down. So once everything opened back up, he was able to get those musicians in there and get it on to make the master. Well, then the companies that like produce the actual physical copies, um, they're like set back on how many employees they can have in there, all that, like all the production oh, production delays are that. And so even the streaming people, they're backed up. They're like, make sure you have plenty of lead time because we're backed up, you know, with all that. So basically doing anything, even this whole year has been a slower process where you just kind of had to wait. Um, but due to, you know, everybody having to cut back or be careful or follow guidelines. Wow. Wow. Well, I would have, um, I would have waited till spring and finally, and, and I knew that even releasing in October was just kind of like, eh, I don't even know how this is going to go because especially being down here, I tour a lot to tourists. Um, but I just was excited and ready to just go ahead and go for it. And with people still, you know, listening to music and all that, that's why I just went for it to go ahead and release it. I was like, we're just not waiting anymore. We're going yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I don't blame you. You did say something in there, though, that made me kind of scratch my head because I introduced you as a multi-instrumentalist. So when you talk about some of the musicians that played on the album, is there a reason why you didn't? play yourself or is it a case of give me a break Bruce I just told you their credentials like I'll take them playing <laughs> is it that simple or, or was was there ever a consideration for you playing or was it always the plan that you would just sing it was always the plan that I would just sing so I play yes I play a lot of different instruments that I've learned through the years but not well enough to play on my album um, they're amazing, incredible. It's a whole session musicians and like a gigging musician. A lot of times there's a big, huge gap between their talent. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they're one and the same. They can do it all. Um, but in my case, I play enough that I gig and that, you know, people don't notice you know, <laughs> that I don't, that I'm not the most crazy skilled musician, but no, I wanted to leave it to the best. I wanted to leave the, the, um, you know, make this album be the best that it could be. And I definitely know that that's not my strong, my strongest area. I, I can play enough to get me by, but, um, vocals is definitely what I can actually do on my own. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, at the end of this episode, we will have you actually talk about the song itself, but for now, and this will be helpful to those listening who are aspiring recording artists themselves. Your song called Better Days was placed on Sirius XM. How did you manage to get that placement? 
Um, I meet a lot of people, and then I just know different ones, and I got an email um, one day that said, hey, I have a connection at SiriusXM. Is there anything that we can do that would help you out? And so I'm like, um, yeah, they were a fan of my music and so this person that had this thing. So they were a fan of my music. And so then they were able, I was like, yeah, how about play this song? You know, well, then it, it sounds like that was super easy. Well, actually the song, even just having that connection, the song had to pass through quite a few people and approvals mm. and all kind of different things. And so um, their process, I mean, that you, you can email and you can submit and you can, um, you know, do it, whatever, but because they're very, very friendly to new artists and they want to support new artists and independent artists, especially for on the horizon. That's what they're looking for is artists that are um, up and coming and, you know, and growing, you know, their following and things like that. Um, because they're looking for the next big thing. And so it was, um, it was a really cool experience and it was really fun. And I was really glad that it was able to pass through so many different guys, different levels of, the people before it finally actually made it on air. It was really actually, it took about a month really from wow. the time that it started till the time that it actually got played. And then when it did get played, I only had a couple and they were like, okay, it'll be on this weekend. I think they told me on like Thursday, it'll be on this weekend. <laughs> so having that click, I was like, Oh wow. After all of this <laughs> dragging through just different things. And they're like, okay, here it is. So it was, it was a very cool experience and it went on that show for on the horizon. So anybody who's interested, then you can always, just continue to email the Buzz Brainerd or On the Horizon. And that's pretty specific to country music, but I don't know what they do on the other genre. Well, but I'm glad they told that story because I do want the aspiring performers out there who listen to the show every week to learn from me and my guests to know that there are steps involved. Like you said, Casey, that even though you knew somebody, it's not a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. and I know many years ago I encountered somebody who had a single that a radio station was interested in, but the radio station said that the production quality was not up to radio standard. So that's something that you have to be really conscious of. That right. I don't want to say you get what you pay for because l- there are lots of great home recording solutions nowadays. However, if you're recording at home, you need to know what do the radio stations want so that you don't submit it and they say, sorry, this is a good song, but the quality isn't good enough for us to air. So also learn from Casey's lesson, though. Just because you know someone, that's a great first step, but all it is is a first step. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. And um, one of the stations early on when I first got started, I sent the song to um, a couple of like local stations and the callbacks that I got, I got a callback from one of the biggest ones around here in this area. And he said, I get submitted a ton of music. He's like, but this finally sounded like something on the radio. And so mm-hmm. I know a lot of musicians, they want to sound like themselves and they want that. And it's hard because you, you, you almost have to pick where, which direction are you wanting to go here? Do you want to sound like the radio and what they're putting out? And you want to try to shoot for that? Or are you wanting to be your own, you know, and kind of do your own thing and not doing it. And that's where, um, Doug is what? So, I mean, if you're going to have, you, they're not playing a five minute song on the radio right. and you need to know the structures of what they're doing, you know what I mean? To do it. And then the production quality, like you said. So if it's not mastered properly, then, you know, and then it's going to be a huge gap between when they're playing a Luke Bryan song and then they're going to play your song and then they're going to play Luke Holmes. They want it to make it sound seamless, yep. you know, and so not that 
where did that one come from? So yeah, it really does matter. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes my creative side, my creative side doesn't want to do that. I'm like, no, I really wanted to keep that extra whatever. And, you know, and sometimes I do, sometimes I'll stand and I'm like, I don't care if it never hits on the radio. I don't care. I want that in there. And then at the same time, you know, the practical purposes of it. Yeah. And also, there's there's some really cool information about it of how actually really hard it is to get radio play in the in the in the numbers and things like that. Um, so anybody who ever gets any, it's a really cool accomplishment <laughs> when you get it on a local station, on a local level, or on a larger level. Like because they really do play new music. They play this um, so few. You know what I mean? They repeat so much. They play a lot of the same thing. So um, really, but just don't quit because you can definitely get in that spot. Yeah, great advice, great advice. I mentioned in the intro that you had put out an album early last year, February 2019 to be exact, but yet you have said that this new album that you just put out a couple weeks ago is your first full-length original album. So explain the difference. So that other album, because I do play a lot of just like gigs, you know, shows, restaurants, just all kind of different things like that. Um, people would be like, oh, do you have a version of that? Your cover of that song. And um, I didn't. I didn't have anything. And my um, original album had kept getting delayed um, for production and for just different purposes and all kind of different things kept happening on the original album. That was the intentional goal. So this actually was funny because it was kind of a little time filler um, in between. It was kind of a bridge between. I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. So we kind of put it together really quickly. Um, me and Doug, and he did most of the mu- in most of the um, music on there. Doug did it himself, and um, he and so we did that. We it was just versions of P- my most requested songs, and I called the album "Somebody's Favorite Song" because um, they're just one different songs. Like it's either they're re- they're just most requested, or they meant something to somebody, and I play it for them every single time they come to my show you know, that kind of thing. And a lot of them were the super common songs, like Hallelujah, everybody's, it's like the most covered song, but it was my take on it, you know, and it's mm. my different kind of spin on it with my voice. And so I personally don't have a thing about doing cover songs. I feel like I kind of hook them with a cover song and then that's got their attention. So then I throw my original in there and then they really, you know, grab it or I grab them with an original and then I extra grab them with, oh my gosh, that's my favorite <laughs> song. And now you're singing it, you know, and so I just I feel like it only makes people love to hear songs they know. And so while they all they love my original music, too, I, I love playing songs that they can sing along to, even though they just met me. And so the EP from 2016, that was original songs. Yes. Those were original songs. Yes, it was just a six song EP. And that was my very, very, very first project. OK, OK. Well, for those just being introduced to Casey. Hers is not the traditional story that we get used to hearing a lot. In fact, Casey, you got started into music later in life. When did that occur, and what happened that made you decide to pursue all of it? So I was actually, I'd already had a couple of kids. I got married very young, and um, I was 18 and he was 20, and so I already had a couple of kids. And I didn't, I was singing at church, and I didn't even know I could sing, like sing, sing, you know. 
I didn't, I, I sang, but I didn't really, and I had horrible stage fright, mm. but I just kind of would blend in with everybody else. And um, a sound guy, he kind of isolated my voice in the headphones back in the sound booth. And he came up to me after church one day and he was like, you can sing. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, no, you can really, really sing. You've got to start, you know, doing this. And I'm like, what? And so I was terrified, terrified of the stage. And um, so, but it kind of evolved, like they just kind of helped and, and I started kind of finding it was fun there was a karaoke contest going on I was walking by and I noticed that everybody could sing but everybody's really really boring Mm. you know like they weren't they looked terrified Mm. they were really boring so I last minute went up there and I was like hey can I enter real quick and so I was the very last late entry and I ended up winning because I just kind of got up there and had fun and so the judge came up after it. He's like, it wasn't that you had the strongest voice but your stage presence was that so that's Mm. when I started really learning the power of stage presence where if I'm having fun, they're having fun. If I'm awkward, they're awkward. And if you're able to really get that concept and really just get it, that it's a mind over matter situation and just get up there and and do it, then that helps a ton. And it's not, I mean, I, while I can sing, yes, a lot of times that it really is just, there's so many people that are better. There's always somebody that's better, you know, but so much, if you can just connect with them, just have fun with the audience. It, it makes, a huge difference it makes all the difference in the world to me so was the timing of that late teens early 20s that was late 20s oh my gosh so I kept, yeah it was late 20s so i didn't start learning i was like 26 i think when i started when i first picked up a guitar wow. um and wow. so i and i had i was big old giant pregnant and um so i would you know nap times and laundry loads and i would um go and learn and youtube and every guitar player i would come in contact with i'd pick their brain and i'm like how do you do this and what do you do that and so i would try i had other musicians that would play for me i would try to gig here and there but it was really tough and um i had a guy tell me once that i didn't have to focus you don't have don't worry about playing guitar you just you focus on developing your voice and you don't need to be able to play yourself get somebody else to do that and i was talking about to my friend the other day i feel like it's the biggest lie that you can tell an upcoming musician no you work on both because what happened was when i hit 32 it was like a 32 life crisis i guess you could call it and i was like this is now or never you know what i mean my kids are old enough now that they're a little more self-sufficient and so I'm, I've got to do this. And so that's when I decided I put it on a 0% interest credit card that gave me two years to pay it off. And I went to Nashville and I um, recorded that first EP. Wow. And I decided wow. I, had to, I had to get better on guitar so, so I could support myself because it was really hard to find like reliable musicians. And so um, I did. I got good enough that I could really carry a whole set. You know what I mean? I could carry myself through a whole three-hour set and you know do it so that's what i did and i made jewelry to help pay that music off and then eventually it paid for itself a a few times and so that was really cool because i um wasn't so sure how i was gonna do it but i was determined to do it on my own my husband's always been super crazy supportive but i was determined that this was something i was going to do and i was going to do it on my own and so it's been quite the journey you know, figuring it out. And so I always feel like I'm playing catch up. And I feel like when I meet little 16 year olds and, you know, that are playing, I'm like, learn everything you can absorb everything that you can right now before you really hit real life and don't have time to do those things because there's so much, you know, to learn. And I just did. And then eventually I added piano and, you know, I can play a little bit of mandolin, a little bit of ukulele and, you know, those kind of things, the things that you can learn, other instruments you can learn because you know something else, then I kind of picked up on those as well. 
But at the same time, you encourage people to go after whatever it is that they've always wanted to do, regardless of what stage they are in life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because I think people feel, and I, the reason I do that is because I felt that. And actually my breaking point, I was, I literally was folding laundry one day and I started crying and I'm like, this is it. This is my life. This is all I'm going to do. And I love it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with staying home and taking care of your kids. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Absolutely. It's a huge, noble kind of thing, but something that was so this creativity that was so deep inside of me, it needed to come out, you know, and I needed an outlet and I needed to be able to find a way to do both. And so I, that was the day it was a turning point where I was like, this cannot be it. And I have to do this and I have to find a way. And so it's not too late. You're not stuck in the circumstances that you're in. Just find a way step by step, baby step to get yourself to where you really just have dreamt about and that you want to go. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can, you can do it and you can start to turn the life that you're in that feels like you're just kind of stuck little by little and day by day, you can start turning it into that life that you dreamed of that you really truly wanted. It's not easy. It's exhausting. It's not easy. And you'll cry and you'll want to quit a million times. But mm-hmm. if you really keep on, eventually you'll get there and then you're going to be so thankful. And so then now when I fold laundry, I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's not that I like it, but at least I'm able to, I'm folding laundry before I'm heading out to a, to a show. You know what I mean? I'm doing yeah. the thing that I don't so much love before I get to go do the thing that I really love to do. Okay. So fast forward to present day and listeners you've heard so far, the EP in 2016, the album beginning of last year, this new album a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in the intro about all the events and venues she's played at across the country. But Casey, still, I think there's a potential teaching moment in the fact that you are also a wife and you're a mother of three kids and you homeschool your kids. So perhaps is there some time management wisdom that you can give? How are you navigating through all of this? Because as you just said, people should chase their dream no matter what their age is and no matter what that is that they want to pursue. But I think a lot of people might throw out the excuse of, well, I just don't know where I'm going to fit it in. So how are you managing to do all that we're hearing that you're doing in music, despite the fact that you are still a wife and a mother of three kids and homeschooling your children? Well, some days I feel like it's kicking my butt. A lot of days I feel like it's kicking my butt. At the same time, it is a whole time management thing. And the homeschool thing actually came about to help with the time management. Um, my kids rodeo and then I was gigging. And a lot of that conflicted with school and the, and the obligations to school. So when I took them out of school, I was able to work our time and work it with that and then and adjust our education to everything so then now we're able to we do our schooling in the mornings and they're able to you know have their little side jobs they're able to train horses they're able to do that so homeschooling was a help in the time management part because it gave us the freedom to be able to work on that education you know side of things um so i i don't do that as like it wasn't like a um the first time I tried homeschool when they were little, it failed miserably. Um, it was all at the same time as before I played music. And so, um, but then this time it was, and they begged and they wanted to be really bad. So anyways, um, so that helps. And then the other side of things, I do have a good support system. And so I am able to help with the time management on that. Um, but you do, you almost, I'm not a morning person, but I realize if I'm going to meet some of these goals, I'm going to have to get up a little earlier and I'm going to have to be able to, um, add that extra hour to really take the time to make sure that I'm getting in 
the jobs that I need to get in or working on that extra little thing, you know, to do. I had to eliminate the things that are uh, eliminatable. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. some things that we do in life that are time suckers and we need to get rid of them and um, or at least make sure that we really cut down on them. And it takes a lot of self-discipline. And um, and even I'm at the point now to where I'm kind of like, oof. A little bit, a little bit beat from from just life in general because you do also have to have that rest time. But it's super important to just really take a conscious and make a conscious effort. And I did. I'm a schedule person. I'm a list person. I love Trello, which is an app that really helps you organize things. Um, it makes lists and kind of compartmentalizes your brain a little bit um, to where these are my ideas. This is what I need to do now. This is what I want to do later, and those kind of things. And okay. so it really does. You just kind of have to organize. Okay, good. All all great advice, very useful. As I say that, as I say about being organized, I mean my closet is not necessarily organized. <laughs> like it's just kind of funny. I say that it's just like I'm so I'm still a creative person. I'm totally my closet I'm not an organizational freak. At the same time, I do I have to keep lists and I have to to try to make sure that everybody's going to be where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be there. And all that. Well, yeah, because I'm picturing you going off to Nashville to record, and it has to be your husband that's home taking care of the kids, I imagine, because it's not as easy for someone who's single, you know, to just say, I got to go record in Nashville. And you go, uh, one minor detail we have three kids. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm so thankful my husband is able to help, and, and my in laws, and I have friends, and, you know, they're able to help make sure and just different events that they have. And if I can't be there, then we have, we have a good support system. And that's really, really important. And I know I don't want to minimize that because I know a lot of people, I I live in a military community where they're, you know, those people, their families are thousands of miles away and their support system are just the new people that they meet all the time. Um, So I do definitely understand that, um, you know, how, how blessed I am to have the support that I have to be able to. But when I do go off to Nashville that I do have to make sure because I usually go for like a week at a time, or if I have shows that are, you know, four or five shows in a row, I've got to make sure that, okay, you guys know that this is the schoolwork you need to get done while I'm gone and make sure, you know, just certain things are in line before I go so that things don't fall apart while I'm gone. Beautiful. And once that's in order, then I, sh- then I shouldn't have to worry about it too terribly yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the Florida Panhandle by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Casey Kearney. Visit her official website at caseykearney.com. You can look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of her first and last names, but I will also have a link to her website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on Casey's website, you can also find links for her social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Her music is on Spotify, and sure, you can follow her on there. But her new album, More to the Story, is now out. So the better way to support Casey is by purchasing a download of it from iTunes. Be sure to keep up with Casey online as well for where and when you can go see her perform live. November 21st, she will be performing in Freeport, Florida. Remember that Casey and I will have more conversation in exclusive bonus content that will only be available through the Patreon for this show, which you can gain access to for only $5 a month. When you sign up, you also get access to the previous released 42 bonus files that I mentioned before that are already up there. 
plus all subsequent releases every week hereafter. And it's a great way to tell me that you enjoy and want to support all that I do with this show every week. Just go to patreon.com slash nhte or from my show website, nhte.net. Use the orange colored support us on Patreon button to get to that ad-free content. This episode is being released on the second of two Amazon Prime days. And before you know it, especially because of the pandemic, everyone's going to be hitting Amazon for Christmas shopping. Be reminded that now or when you're buying Christmas presents or any time of the year that you're buying anything at all from Amazon, you can help me without taking any extra money out of your pocket by starting your online shopping through the tall Amazon banner that you'll see when you scroll down on my show website, nhte.net. If you're on your phone, it will open their shopping app, and if you're on your computer, it will take you to their website. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the costs that I have for doing this show every week, and it's totally private. I don't know who bought through them. I don't know what you purchased. I don't even know how much you spent. So please help support NHTE by starting your online shopping through the tall Amazon banner that you'll see when you scroll down on nhte.net. Casey, we talked before about your having started late in life into music, and it's something that you use to inspire people, that it's not too late to start pursuing their goals and dreams. You also co-wrote a children's book, which is motivational in nature also. Share with the audience about that book, as well as, of course, who you co-authored it with. I wrote it with my daughter, and she um, <laughs> she helped inspire it, too, and she's 11 now. Um, and we kind of started the idea process. She was nine and 10 when we started, you know, just kind of tossing it around. Um, it's, it's a lot of times personalities, every single personality profile test I take, I know that I'm the small percentage as far as like type a, you know, um, bossy, big personality type things, you know what I mean? Um, and so I kind of struggled with that as a kid, just not really, um, knowing how to handle it. And I watched my daughter who ended up being triple dose of me. I love her to pieces, but you know what I'm saying? She's a, she's a triple dose of like a lot. And, um, she likes big, bold colors and she likes, you know, doing this. She's a little mama and my boys are 14 and 15 and they don't want to be bossed by their 11 year old little (laughs) sister, you know? And so learning, learning how to, um, learning how to manage that, that personality, but still be yourself. And so, um, we wrote the book and Felicity, she's a flamingo. And basically she doesn't look like all the other ones. She likes big, bright, beautiful colors. And, um, but then they didn't understand and they would make fun of her. And so she tamed herself down so that she'd fit in and realize that that wasn't her at all. And that she did, wasn't happy and that she needed to do what it was that she was supposed to do and, and wanted to do and be the person she was created to be. And so then she did. Um, so it really is It's funny because it's written as a children's book, but so many women have bought it for each other, their friends, their sisters, their wow. moms or whoever that have had these things. So it's really related to all ages. I'll get emails of like, I cried. And so she's like, I'm a grown woman. And I cried as I read this story because it's my life. And so it, it is one of those things. And I think anybody can relate, even those shy personalities that are afraid to just be themselves because they, um, you know, afraid of the things. And I think our society, they, they like to put people in boxes and just kind of say, well, that's a little much. You're a little too much. And that's just kind of what I hear. You're just a little too much for me to handle. And those too much personalities really can do big things if they're not, you know, constantly suppressed and told, and told oh, you need to calm down. You just need to, you know, take it down a few notches. And 
you know, I think that you can be kind. And that's what I tell my daughter. I'm like, you can be sweet and you can be kind and you can do the things, but you can also do the things that, you know, that you can do. Set out to do those big dreams, those big things, but you can also be sweet and nice when you're doing it. <laughs> and obviously, listeners, when you go to Casey's website, you will see information on the book there as well. There's another project of yours, too, which I had mentioned back in the intro. You are the founder and president of Bands of 30A. Share with the audience what that is, if you would, please. It's a nonprofit that we started really as it wasn't even intentional that it ended up being as big as it it, it became um hurricane harvey hit texas and where i live in the florida panhandle we have a lot of texas people that come and vacation here and tourists um you know as tourists and so we play for a lot of them and our heart just broke for them and the damage that they had received so we decided to put on a charity benefit concert for them and raise money and so i actually forget the number that we raised now at this point i think it was i don't even remember i don't even guess i think it was like twenty thousand. but um we raised that for hurricane harvey and we the bands of 30a volunteered to play the concert and as bands of 30a and so um then we just kind of it evolved from that into raising money from the charity so we we kind of say that we're the middleman there's a there's a charity raise that's doing a really good cause and we help raise money for that charity um so we've helped food for thought which that helps children and food banks and when hurricane michael hit um we were able to really do a big concert i don't know if you're familiar with that one but the hurricane michael it really wiped out a lot of panama city uh, mexico beach that whole area it really i mean like a bomb went off it was a cat five it's only one of four cat fives to ever hit the u.s and um we were able to raise like 50000 I think, for that. So anyways, overall, over the past few years, we've raised over $100,000 doing wow. these charity benefit concerts for other charities to help the community. And we just try to donate to where we love the underdog and we love to donate to where in the communities and to help music. The, some of the money from Hurricane Michael, we were able to help um, the high school that lost all of their band equipment. They lost all their instruments and their band equipment. So we were able to help them with that. And a lot of the clothes and um, Christmas, we were able to help um, make sure that kids got Christmas. And so we bought a lot of presents and were able to adopt a lot of kids to not literally adopt them, but you know what I mean? <laughs> as Christmas and get yeah. some of the things that they, that they needed to help these families that were still had tarps on their roofs. The hurricane hit in October, they still had tarps on their roofs. So come December, I mean, they were still trying to survive. And so we were able to help them, Fantastic. um, you know, Fantastic. yes. And so it was, it's, it's, it's very, very fun to be able to do these things. Um, and help the people that we're able to help. But we also, I mean, it's supported by our community. We couldn't do it without the community support and the bands sure, in our area. Sure. Now, you are a rodeo family. Have you been able to get opportunities for your music out of being involved with rodeo? You know what's so funny is so I was able to go play on stages um, at the NFR in Vegas, and it was completely unrelated to the fact that my kids rodeo, but it was really awesome and a big deal because they do because they do rodeo. Tell the listeners what NFR is. Oh, it's a national finals rodeo. It's a very, very big, big, big deal in in rodeo. It's the it's the big time um, competitors. They compete all year long, and and the biggest money that's to end up um, competing at the NFR. And they have to travel thousands and thousands and thousands of miles and compete in lots of rodeos to be able to even qualify. Um, to compete in that so it's a really big deal it happens in that big old stadium in Vegas and 
so they do in Vegas it takes over like it, there's stages everywhere and there's shopping like cowboy shopping everywhere it's a really big cool event and I was really honored to get to play there it was totally unrelated to my kids rodeo and they do the Alabama junior rodeo circuit here and um, a lot of the team roping you know stuff that they do around here my husband does it as well and um so I do, I would love to be able to do it more. I, I, you know, I've done national anthems at the different ones and I would love to find a way to incorporate both. And then that way it would sure make my life a lot easier if I'm playing music <laughs> and being able to make sure I make every event. I would love to figure out a way to incorporate it, incorporate it together. But, um, but yeah, that big opportunity there, I think I even went, I think they were just getting started. My kids were just getting started when I got to go to the NFR. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking for, ways to be able to make that happen and incorporate that okay well i am confused about something in my research i saw an item that mentioned you're having sung the national anthem for the atlanta braves kicking off the 2020 season but major league baseball played all their games in front of empty stadiums this season so help me understand what am i missing there (laughs) oh my gosh i got that email it was so 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 exciting and um they said that they were that they needed me to video it and they told me their um you know qualifications for doing it and what I needed to do and to send it in and then um it played so I videoed it in my hallway uh, um at my house she said we needed a blank hallway and that's basically how everybody's having to do it during COVID you know do it do it via video or um zoom and all of these different things so I had to video it in my hallway and then I sent it to them and then she sent me the video playing in the stadium so it kind of feels like you're there so they play it up on the um big screen up there and so it's for the players and for the staff and she said that they'll have me back when things get back to normal so that i can come into the stadium um which will be super this was super exciting and i bawled my eyes out when i saw it because we've been lifetime (laughs) brave fans um Uh, but so it was exciting to play in the stadium especially that opening week but yeah it was via video that's cool that's cool and Speaking of Casey eventually traveling to Atlanta at some point, I was hoping that later this month I could have traveled to Las Vegas to see my beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers play against the Las Vegas Raiders, but they are not having fans at their games yet. However, that does not stop me from keeping an eye on what's going on out there because if you've been listening to my show every week for quite some time, thank you, and you know that I read the Access Vegas newsletter, and I encourage you to do the same. I will be going out there at some point, if at the very latest next June, but I'm going to do anything I can to find an excuse to get out there sooner. And when I get out there, I'm going to be well-informed because of reading the Access Vegas newsletter. They have the latest information on what's going on out there, and I'm not even talking about COVID. I'm talking about all the time. They're always reporting on new places that are opening, new places that there are in terms of attractions. They're talking about deals that you can get. They're telling you how to save money, and you can find out all of this by going to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo, and remember that during sign-up, you got to put in the code Bruce and they will give you $5 off when you sign up and then you'll get this in your email and you'll be reading lots and lots and lots of the same information that you hear me talking about every week on Now Hear This Entertainment because I'm reading the Access Vegas newsletter and I'm also keeping an eye on what they're posting in the exclusive Facebook group that you get access to once you join. So again, go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo and during sign up, Put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Shame on me. We've gone through this entire conversation. And Casey, I never asked you 
how you and your family did throughout this crazy 2020 hurricane season. I'm going to be optimistic that y'all were fine where you are, which I believe is Fort Walton Beach. I live in Holt, which is north of Fort Walton Beach. Um, so kind of in between Pensacola and Destin, but north. We're just just south of the Alabama line. I live in the country, very much in the woods in the country, and I drive down to the beach to play and to gig. Um, it was funny. I was watching some of the statistics. So this is like almost, I think we're two, two name storm shy of breaking the record of hurricanes, and not one of them has actually made landfall in the state of Florida, which is really, really crazy um, how we've dodged them all. Um, but we really, Sally hit, and because we are so close to Alabama, it actually made landfall right there in Orange Beach. And so we had some damage from Sally, um, but nothing compared to, you know, what Louisiana has had this year. And so we had we had a little bit, but mainly just a mess and mainly because it wasn't supposed to hit us. But it took out a bridge in Pensacola, some barges. I don't know if you've ever seen the jokes about that, but they, it wasn't supposed to hit us. And the guy didn't tie down the barges or move the barges out. And so it destroyed a bridge that's really caused a lot of issues um in the pensacola area which is close by but um no we're okay and thankfully it's just part of living down here yeah well thankfully is right so glad that your family has made it through another hurricane season and let's hope that it's over with if if not over with really really soon we're going to close today with another song of yours one called better days which is the one listeners that casey mentioned earlier as getting played on sirius xm Casey, before you and I continue talking in bonus content that will only be available through Patreon, tell the audience all about this song, please. Better Days, I wrote as a pep talk when you're, and I, that's how I introduced it. I'm like, this is a pep talk for when your life is super crappy. And, you know, it's just, it's not always going to be like that. Better Days are coming. And, um, but it ended up releasing, we went ahead and pushed it out and released it in COVID just because it related to everything. I had written it the year before. It had nothing to do with COVID. But because it related to COVID and the better days are coming, then um, stations liked it. So I got some local play and then SiriusXM picked it up. And so that was really fun. Outstanding. Outstanding. And that song is, of course, on the new album. And again, congratulations on the new album, Casey. And thank you for making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Casey Kearney. Do visit her official website at caseykearney.com. And as I mentioned before, while you can certainly look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of her first and last names and then put .com after that, I will put a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you're there, be sure to then also click over to her social media and engage with Casey. Like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram. I have done all three of those myself already, so please do the same. And gosh, we didn't even talk about her YouTube. They're about to film a video for another song for her new album, so I guess we will talk about that in the Patreon. But subscribe to Casey's official YouTube channel. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Again, you can follow Casey on Spotify, but purchase a download of her new album called More to the Story from iTunes. Remember to keep up with her online as well to see where and when you can see her perform live, including November 21st in Freeport, Florida. And don't forget about the book that she did with her daughter, which you can find on her website. Remember also that Casey and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. 
There's already similar audio up there from the last nine months worth of guests. It's only five bucks and it's ad free and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange colored support us on Patreon button and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember, Amazon Prime Day, October 14th, heck, Christmas shopping for that matter, scroll down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way any time of year so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been more than six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 349. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Casey Kearney. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Better Days. Days look a little bit brighter. Moonlight glows a little more. Change won't seem so far away. When you saw water and the grass you're standing on. Raise your hands, raise your glass. Come on, smile, you can laugh. Better days are coming for you soon. Just let go. Seems